1: Talk on Titan on this special episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have...
0: is Samurai Derell Maddox.
2: And... Editorial writer, v. Lord GTZ,
1: And joining us for the first time...
3: Uh, hi, I'm Yumiko, staff writer.
0: Yeah, she's on now, people. And the thing is, she's from Alabama like me. So, y'all about to hear my twang tonight. Yes, I am. Y'all about to hear a southern draw like y'all ain't never heard.
1: (laughs) Well, we are here to talk about the first eight episodes of Season 4 of Attack on Titan, supposedly the final season. That's how they keep promoting it. And uh, a decent amount of stuff has happened, particularly in the past four episodes, but it's a bit of a slow burn to start out with, where uh, we begin... On the other side of the ocean, remember at the end of the previous season, you saw they met, they got to the beach, they got to the ocean, and Aaron looks off in the distance is like, if we go over there and we defeat them, then are we free? You know, that poignant, sad anime beach episode. So on the other side of the ocean, we see that the Marlians are in the middle of a battle for other territories with the Mideast Allied Forces. And we catch up on a battlefield where they are trying to take Fort Slava and are introduced to several young warrior recruits. Falco, his older brother Colt, Reiner's cousin Gabi, Zofia, and Udo. Things aren't going so well, and the uh, general in charge, Magath, he says that he doesn't want to use the Titans because... The enemy has an armored train that would rip through the Titans. But Gabby devises a plan and tries to trick them into thinking she's a, a, a wounded civilian. And manages to take some hand grenades and blow the train. And this allows the Cart Titan and the Jaw Titan to attack the fort. Meanwhile, an airship rains down pure Titans to Paraj Fort Slava. And then the Armored Titan and the Beast Titan join the battle and the Marlians are able to capture the fort and win the war with heavy sacrifices from the Eldians. However, the existence of weapons capable of injuring even the Warrior Titans causes Marley to realize that they need the power of the Founding Titan more than ever. So Zeke proposes a plan to use the remaining year that he has as the Beast Titan to return to Parody and take the Founding Titan. I think this was a a strong first episode, even though we're being introduced to a bunch of characters we've never seen before, and that's a bold thing to do this late in a series. But I, I liked it.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think like it was a very long overdue perspective that we needed for the Marlians. I feel it kind of gives you a better understanding of like their situation, especially since like they're supposed to kind of be our enemies and like before the end of the last season we really didn't know that much about them.
0: Yeah. Dude, we didn't know nothing about them period. We didn't even know they
1: existed. Yes. <laughs> we barely knew they existed.
3: Yeah, and now um because remember in season 3 through um Aaron's father's um memories, we just saw his perspective and now we are we're actually in Marley and we get to actually see what they're doing, how do they view parody, and um, all those things? So it's it's good to see their perspective now.
1: Yeah, the long and the short is they they see parody as an island of devils, where the worst Eldians went off to uh, escape everyone else, and the remaining Eldians in the Marley territories are just trying to live with the Marleans. And some are trying to become honorary Marlians through their efforts in the military, and it's uh all right. We're not gonna beat around the bush. This is some really, really bad uh, analogies to real world events. Yeah, yeah
0: it really um, is. Oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, gonna say it, man. You, oh you saw
3: boy, the... yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, I saw them armbands around the wrist. I mean, around the um, shoulders. You know what that was about. Uh, Yeah. The Holocaust, man. Yeah. You know, Eldian devils I'm seeing, and the thing is, man, like, there has been so much gaslighting and manipulation by the um, Marlians on the Eldians, making them think that they're demons, that they have been indoctrinated to think that, you know, they are wrong for the past sins of, like, you know, their predecessors. And the thing is... This is a real world thing that actually happens, you know. And if you look at race relations today, oh, it's pretty, yeah. it pretty really much points that out. You know, I'm just gonna say it: African Americans. You know, when one person messes up in our community, we're all held accountable. But you know, looking at the other spectrum, oh, yeah. our white yes, counterparts, one of them working, act up, mess up, but it's not reflected on the whole, the whole um, group as you know, as a whole. But it's like a double standard. And the thing is what the Marley isn't doing is it's the same thing that you see in America is denial and refusing to admit to the um, past of what happened. They don't want to openly talk about it. Everything has been distorted and shoved under the rug. But the thing is, everything is starting to come to the light now. Yes. Ooh, man, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to do that. It's going get this quiet. I mean, it's yeah. it's
1: true, though. <laughs> no, and, it's cool. No, it's deep. And I am suffering yeah. some serious white guilt over here.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's one of those aspects of Attack and Titan at this point that I feel very conflicted about, because I feel that this final portion of Titan does a really good job on commentating on kind of the cycle of warfare and what it really does to innocent people and how it fosters new violence through it. But I'm not sure if it goes deep enough because it has that Holocaust allegory if it's really necessary for the core message that the story's trying to tell. And I feel in a way it might have been better for it just not to be
1: there. It definitely would have been better if it wasn't in there. But N- yeah. Knowing what people know about the author, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, but enough about those politics. Let's talk about politics in the show. <laughs> so yeah, the uh the, the Marley military are thinking, you know, now that there's actually weapons advanced enough to defeat Titans, they really need the founding Titan. And the time of Titans seems to be coming to an end because of these advancements in technology. But on a midnight train back to their home city of Liberio, the surviving Eldians praise Gabby for her courage and ingenuity. And uh, they're having a great time on that midnight train, everybody getting drunk. <laughs> Reiner secretly encourages Falco to become the Armored Titan in order to save Gabby, which is something that Gabby obviously aspires to. But reiner knows the horrors of being a warrior titan and all that it entails and he wants to save gabby from that and he believes falco does too tall order though because thus far falco hasn't proven to be a very capable soldier but hey maybe reiner sees a little something of himself in falco in that regard too reiner and gabby reunite with their family while falco supports a pair of returning eldian soldiers traumatized by the war one of them looks kind of familiar Meeting privately with the other Titan warriors, Zeke informs him of his plan to use the Tiber family and their Warhammer Titan to announce an offensive against Parody. Now, the Tiber family is influential because of their success in driving King Fritz into exile, so he proposes that the Tibers publicly announce their involvement during a festival in Liberia where dignitaries from various other countries will be present. <laughs> this This is a lovely festival that they have going on, but at the same time, it's pretty messed up because you have all these people from these different countries that Marley has defeated. And there's even this old-ass soldier guy It's like, today's enemy is tomorrow's enemy. Wait a minute, I didn't mean to say that. (laughs) Oh, boy.
2: Kind of an important slip there. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. but before we get to that festival we see reiner thinking back to when he became a warrior candidate to uh try and build a better life for himself and his mother see his mother ended up having a child with a marlian citizen but it turns out not surprisingly that this marlian citizen is a real jackass and he wants nothing to do with reiner and his mother But by that point, Reiner was already a warrior candidate. So he just kind of decided, well, screw the old man. I'll just try to make a better life for myself and my mother. And we get the flashback to where Reiner, Annie, Berthold, and Marcel uh, became warrior titans and arrived at Parody for the first time. And after Marcel is eaten by a pure titan, who we actually know as Ymir, Annie wants to return to uh, Marley empty-handed essentially and Bertolt's not really sure either way what he wants to do but Reiner trying to take on the personality of Marcel since Marcel got eaten kind of forces them to go along with his plan to attack uh, Wall Maria and try to Accomplish something before they go back. Well. I guess they accomplished something. Seeing as he kicked off the whole freaking show. But you. You gotta think back to this. The first time that Berthold. And Reiner. Attack. their children. They're literal children. When this happens. That's. That's pretty freaking messed up.
2: Yeah, I mean, they've been trained at birth to essentially be soldiers in a way. So it really kind of just like cements how m- messed up like the brainwashing of the Eldians on Marley really is. Mm-hmm.
0: Like I said, man, it was yeah. like pure indoctrinate. <laughs> they were indoctrinated into this. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, when you look at it, they see themselves as cannon fodder, man. They are nothing more, nothing less. They understand that they're expendable. And then on top of that, man, they are child soldiers. This is something coming that you see in Afghanistan, you see, we've seen it in Africa, man, like, you know, depending on the country, man, with warring tribes and warlords. I mean, to take a young child at that age and brainwash them to tell them this is what you do, this is your job to kill to be a soldier is wrong. Child soldiers have always been a nuisance because there are moral conflicts and, you know, there are more conflicts that go into this that, like, do I put a bullet in this child's head or do I try to disarm them and keep them alive? But the thing is, they've been so brainwashed and trained into this, so they have no mind on them. The only thing they understand is how to do that. It's like being like, it's like training a dog. This is what they know. This is the only thing they know. You don't bite the hand that feeds you on top of this.
2: Yeah, and it's especially tragic in yeah. Reiner's case. Because, like, you can see, like, initially he's trying to join and become one of the Titans so that, like, his mother and father can be, like, reunited. But once he realizes, like, hey, my father actually didn't want to be with me and my mother, He's doesn't really have a purpose anymore, but he's already trapped into this lifestyle. He can't really leave. Mm-hmm. And it's de- really depressing. <laughs> yeah. It is.
3: And just like uh, Darrell was saying, when it comes to the brainwashing, it's just like, it's just crammed into their head like, hey, you're bad, you're awful, hey, you you know, you need to atone for this, and um, in order for you to be seen as worth something, then you need to, you know, be in the military. We're going to train you just so you can, you know, beat these the other Eldians that are worse than you and um and then going to Reiner yeah that his whole backstory did let me experience some kind of kind of sympathy for him because it's just like hey he was doing it for his mom to try to build a relationship with his father to to just find out who his father is so they can just be a family. And then when he got rejected by his father, it was just like, well, I'm just going to continue to try to be a hero. So I'll, you know, I felt sorry for Reiner and that was the first time I ever felt sorry for Reiner ever.
1: (laughs) Yeah. This season's doing a lot to make you feel something for Reiner. I mean, clearly he's going through a lot of PTSD, a lot of regrets and he, he just wants to kill himself, but he stops himself when he thinks, you know, there's still some hope. These, these new recruits—they're my hope for the future. But he comes this close to yes. blowing his head off. Yeah. And he did that Yeah, because that they really do. Oh yes, he
3: did. Gross. <laughs> and they really do look up to Reiner.
1: When you see him thinking, he looks at them. They really and
3: he... do look up to Reiner, so it's just yeah. like, hey, let me. Mm-hmm.
1: They do. They do, but the whole time Reiner's like, don't look up to me. I'm a miserable person. <clears throat> Save yourselves.
3: Yeah, he really is like, yeah,
1: like, I
3: just really, really want to die. <laughs> and, may... and again, that makes me feel sorry for him, you know.
1: And you see that moment where he's looking over at the young recruits and he's thinking back to when he was a kid. And he's like, oh, <laughs> oh look at all those dead people. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> one, and, wow. and one person who's crystallized. So Kruger, one of the wounded soldiers, has been asking Falco to post letters for him outside the internment zone to avoid interception Uh, Meanwhile, Willie, the head of the Tiber family, who possesses the Warhammer Titan, meets with Commander Theo McGeth. And uh, they have a conversation about the uh, thirst for expansion and self-destructive wars. The commander knows what Willie is proposing, and he kind of tries to talk him out of it. And Willie's like, what, you suddenly care about Eldians? Anybody who's gonna die is just gonna be Eldia anyway. So, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I honestly, I I, I think uh, Magath isn't such a bad guy in in the long run, but I don't know. Maybe. maybe there's yeah. To it than that
2: that scene definitely uh, made me think a little. Just from like, well, let's just say this: Magath's role in the story is far from over. And, like, it definitely, I feel, is kind of meant as a hint for further things.
1: You can tell he he has a problem with using children as warriors. You can tell that he doesn't like the idea of sacrificing so many Eldians for the war. At least he has some kind of a conscience, man. Doesn't stop him from going along with it, though. Nope. Which yeah.
0: Means, you know, no, I mean, it,
1: you can have the best intentions, but
0: if you don't act on them, it's still all for naught.
1: And as an amusing yeah. aside, I love that moment where Zeke's like, I hope they never find out my secret. <laughs> the special way that I wipe my ass. <sighs> you think you can have a secret about that? I want a full report.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, hey, it'd probably be useful.
1: Yeah. He could be up to some very advanced techniques. We don't know. He is the Beast Titan, after all. The hey.
2: golden triangle scrubbing technique. Yeah, you have to get right between the
1: ass shakes. Oh
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, you know, when he's the Beast Titan, he's got real good reach. So. Yeah, he got a little with it though, man. You got to deal with all that fur. It's un- yeah. unpleasant, I'm sure.
0: I'm pretty sure, man. It was caked on real good.
1: Beast Titan Dingleberries. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey.
0: <laughs> That's got to be so awful. Like, dude, you have seen gorillas throw doo doo, man. Like, they have literally thrown pickle matter at people at the zoo. And it is sound right funny, man. I'm dead serious. I saw that little one video. Man, they literally threw doo doo on the little girl, man. And I just, I'm like, for a second, I'm just a moment of shock. It did maniacal laughter. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, yeah, Willie, you know, um, being a Beast type might have his um, perks. You can sling some um, booty butter there. Catch it, buddy.
1: Oh, boy.
0: Gets a hold of me and the shit <laughs> slinging.
1: <laughs> so meanwhile, some shit's going down at the local hospital where uh, <laughs> Kruger, <laughs> Kruger, after talking to Falco, talks to uh, an old man who's pretending to act like a doctor. And we we realize that that is, in fact, Grisha Yeager's father talking to Kruger. And I think by now we all know who Kruger is. So this is a lovely family reunion. <laughs> I don't think uh, yeah. Mr. Mm-hmm. Yeager has ever met his uh, other grandson.
2: <laughs> <clears throat>
1: but, uh once he, he starts he's like kind of calmly. he's like you really shouldn't get the kid involved in this and then he starts talking crazier and crazier until some actual doctors was like mr yeager don't no, you, you you can't come out here on your own <laughs> i i would say that mr yeager is suffering some deep regrets with good reason he uh he was he was not kind to his family as you may recall uh uh, Mr. Jaeger sold out his own son when his grandson came to him with information that his that uh, Grisha was a, one of the rebels. So, uh, family problems in the in the Jaeger household, to be sure.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And uh, at a lovely dinner party, the Eldian trainees perform duties as waiters to the best of their ability but all these fancy hoity-toity types are like ew they're letting them touch our plates and uh yeah and there was almost an incident but thankfully udo was saved by a nice uh dignitary who decided not to let him get killed Willie uses his diplomatic skills to smooth over tensions after that one guy tells a very bad joke. <laughs> it only he wasn't <laughs> joking. And uh, Falco takes mm. Reiner to the secret basement location to meet Mr. Kruger as the uh, big show on the stage begins. And much to Reiner's surprise, he immediately recognizes that Mr. Kruger is Aaron Yeager who coldly greets Reiner, saying that it's been four years since they last saw each other.
2: Such a happy reunion. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: I loved that moment. Oh, yeah. It was so great. <laughs> like, you knew it was coming. Yeah. You knew it was coming. But at this point, you might be asking, exactly what is Aaron trying to accomplish? He's infiltrated Marley. He's pretended to be a soldier. He's gone as far as depicting himself as missing a leg. Pretty clever, by the way. Mm-hmm. And pretending to be uh, mentally incapacitated due to the war. But Mr. Jaeger actually could tell that he was still in his right mind. And said, you know, yeah. you should just go back to your family if you're... Oh, the irony of that statement. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Willie gives his big speech in front of a massive audience of dignitaries and Eldians and much of the military, while Reiner and Aaron have a quiet chat underneath the stage as Falco looks on in much distress as he realizes, Oh, his old friend from four years ago, my bad. (laughs) should have put two and two together there (laughs) well I gotta go back to when Reiner is trying to talk to his family at the dinner table about the time he spent on parody and he gives the most grim retelling of silly events that happened in prior seasons (laughs) like he he does (laughs) a serious like and she took half a potato but it wasn't even half a potato it was less <laughs> than half a potato and offered it to him like that was okay
2: they don't know compromise
1: they're demons i tell you i know how dare yeah you get that potato
0: mm, them they're taters <laughs> look at man I- the I-
3: Great.
0: Dude, hunger pains are real. And I don't yeah, blame yeah. them, man. I, I, you know, if I was that hungry, man, I would have stole a potato, too. But, you know, I just think potatoes are a waste of
1: vodka, man. <laughs> 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 I disagree. I prefer <laughs> potatoes in potato form.
0: Hey, look here. All I'm just saying, man, any potato-based food is just potential vodka that just never happened.
2: Mm -hmm. And you could just pair both together.
0: It doesn't work like that, sir. (laughs) You will talk to the Black Russian I had earlier today at 12 o'clock. Shut up, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, so I was behind. (laughs) 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 Let's get back on time. Let's talk about
1: Big Willie's Big Show. Uh, (laughs) Big Willie informs... all of these people at the auditorium. Uh, Well, first he gives a little history lesson as they knew it. And then he stops himself and says, but actually all of that was bullshit. And this is the real truth. (laughs) King Fritz has secluded himself off on parody just because he wanted to get away and he didn't want to threaten anybody, even though he says he has this power to, make the rumbling using the founding titan he never intended to use it he just wants to live in peace but all of you have been told to believe that he will attack you all and kill you all and that they are the enemy but they're not the enemy anymore however there is an enemy and his name is aaron yeager and he's coming for you he's coming for all of you and Just like that. (laughs) Aaron busts out from the basement and kills a whole lot of people and eats uh, Willy. Eats Willy whole. And you're like, oh, oh no. But isn't Willy the Warhammer Titan? No, 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 Willy wasn't the Warhammer Titan. That, that, That was a lie. That was a lie I told you. That was a lie the story told you. The Warhammer Titan is actually Willy's sister Laura Tiber who transforms into the Warhammer Titan after Willy is eaten and begins to fight the Attack Titan. Yes, in case you forgot, that is the name of Aaron's Titan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Everybody point at the screen. (laughs) Pointing (laughs) now. And now we begin... (laughs) an amazing fight you got those two going at it the attack titan and the warhammer titan exchanging blows and the warhammer titan can just make things like hammers and spikes and basically whatever it wants and of course we we know that the attack titan is very formidable and capable of getting out of lots of scrapes and can hard itself at points and do some other things. So that that's great. Uh, they managed to uh, trick Peek and Poc, Porco, <laughs> to uh, fall down a hole where they can't get out because if one of them transforms, the other will get killed. Surely, actually, a really good plan. What they didn't count on is that Peek would kind of give a heads up to her uh, squadron of guys that hang on her as the cart titan and get them out of there with a, a rope, but they were led straight by a another soldier who, well, I think in the Japanese version, it was a lot less obvious that this was a woman, <laughs> but uh. Eh. It's definitely obvious in the tub. <laughs> but they went along with it anyway. They're like, yeah, they, you just you, you need to come wait here. <laughs> and in the hole you go. Which, you know, it's a good plan in theory. <laughs> but they they couldn't uh, quite calculate that they would be able to get out of there quickly enough. So eventually they joined the fight. And that's when the survey corps show up and uh, mikasa in particular comes to help aaron and the others are coming in on a big flying ship which cool that they have one of those and the fight continues and a lot of people die including zofia and udo who die very early on those two we hardly knew them uh Zofia gets crushed under a rock, and Udo tries to save her. And this is just heartbreaking. The kid rushes to save his friend and gets trampled by all the people trying to escape. And then uh, Colt tries to take him to get medical attention, and the doctor's like, "He's already dead, man. You, there's no, there's no point in trying to save him." This, uh, this does not please Gabby one bit. In, in fact, she she's getting pretty mad at this point. So she's running through the battlefield trying to uh, do something. <laughs> Find Reiner or whoever else could help the situation. Reiner has protected Falco from being crushed by Eren when he transformed. But he's just kind of chilling. <laughs> not doing anything. And Falco can't get him to respond. So Falco runs and tries to get help and tells him that Reiner is alive, but he's unresponsive. Now, I think we can all agree that Reiner is currently being like, I don't want to do this. I don't, I just want to die. Because that during that conversation with Aaron, it became all the more clear that Reiner deeply regrets basically his entire life and doesn't, want any more killing to happen and, and hopes that Aaron will see him as the only enemy and not, you know, get revenge on everybody else. And Aaron's like, I'm, I'm not looking for revenge, <laughs> but they just declared war up there. So my hands are tied, bro. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think this is a really cool fight takes a couple of episodes and this is the point in the season where I was like, yes, yes, this is the stuff I'm in for. I can't really go into full detail on everything that happened in this fight. Lots, lots of things happened, but, uh, in the end, the cart Titan is real worse for where like her whole troop has been killed and she's pretty banged up. Uh, Levi strikes down Zeke as the beast Titan And everybody's shocked by that. And after not being able to crack the umbilical egg that's housing uh, Laura Tiber, Aaron decides, hey, you know, I'm just going to use this jaw, Titan, to uh, crack this egg and have myself a little Warhammer Titan drink.
2: That scene was so great. (laughs) So, like, you just see, like, Aaron slowly, like, clinching like, the, like, mouth of, like, Porco together, and, like, he's freaking out the entire time.
1: It was beautiful. Also a great moment when Porco's like, why are you attacking me? You're normal humans. What's, what are you doing? All of a sudden now I'm a
0: normal human, huh? <laughs> Funny how that goes, huh? <laughs> yeah.
1: No, Out of my nights and, and danger, you're coming The on that, levels of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In And like that Batman. scene
3: right there was so yeah. That scene right there was so beautiful. How they were just sinking, just back and forth, back and forth, coming at him, and he's like, like, oh shit! And it's just like, yeah, you. They're, <laughs> like they're used to fighting titans, so yeah. they're not scared of you. <laughs> exactly. They did,
1: They did not freeze up. They're not scared of you. They got their really. Powerful, well, what are, what are those things called? Those rocket things. No, I forgot what they call yeah, them.
3: Yeah, I'm just like,
1: oh,
3: yeah, I'm just like, cool hey, name. they got that from
1: Thunder Spears. Um, that's it. Thunder Spears. So they got hmm. the Thunder Spears. They're attacking all those Titans. And really Armin shows up on a, a little boat out in the pier. And the guy's like, hey, you gotta get that civilian boat out of here. And uh, just like on cue, boom! Colossal Titan. Destroys the whole pier. And after so much destruction, Armin looks down and thinks, is this the sight you saw, Berthold? You know. It's a heavy burden.
0: It's kind of funny, though, man. It's, It's not funny. It's more irony the fact that what happened to them all those years ago, you know, they go to Marley and they do the same thing. But, you know, I say the end, if I look at it, man, the ends justify the means, man. I mean, seriously, their home got wrecked. They hadn't even done anything. And I get that these innocent civilians didn't do anything either, man. But I have to say, man, when you look at things like this, this is what we call acceptable loss. Um, being a soldier sometimes, you know, I have to put that logic out there. It's called an acceptable loss of life, you know, because you want to weaken Marley's position anyway. The rest of the world really does hate Marley because the Marleyans basically took what the Eldians had and made the rest of the world submit to them. That's the reason why the rest of the world kind of doesn't like Marley in the first place and the reason why they're attacking them because they know that the Marlians are doing the same thing that the Eldians did. And you know, basically in history, the winners write the books. They write the books.
1: And the Marlins know that if they can't get the rest of the Allied forces on their side, they're they're done for.
0: Oh yeah, they're really done for, it,
1: dude. And that's why they're trying to unite a front against Aaron Yeager and Parody. So after all of the other Titans get incapacitated. The uh, cries for help from Gabby and Falco finally reach Reiner, and he's like, all right, I'll get up and fight Aaron again. But they only fight for a little moment before they're like, all right, well, mission's over. We're getting out of here. They uh, retreat to the airship. But Gabby, Gabby's not taking that line down. Gabby, Gabby's not okay with that. So she runs after the airship with Falco running after her, trying to calm her down. And they have a momentary conversation about how Gabby can't stand them getting away after all that they've done. And Falco tries to reason with her. This this is just revenge for what happened to them so many years ago when our warriors went to parody and killed so many of their civilians. she's like, well, did you see that happen? Well, I, I didn't see it happen. Well, neither did I. Okay, Gabby, slow your roll.
0: And this is, this is the thing about Gabby, man. This is what I'm talking about when you talk about the indoctrination and the brainwashing. It has been ingrained in her so, so much that she doesn't see anything that they did was wrong. And then... Like, you know, them coming back, all of a sudden, it's like, they're wrong, they shouldn't be doing this to us, they're evil, they're devils. But your folks did the same exact thing to them, and they had even provoked you. Mm -hmm. She's a fanatic.
1: Gabby's just too far gone.
0: Exactly. At least the other young warriors had some sense of um, morality. Gabby really doesn't. Mm -hmm. She is literally a bloodthirsty harpy.
1: Like, even after all that he's witnessed, Falco still sees this as, you know, the cycle of war, and nobody's truly in the rights. And he tries to convince Gabby, but there's just no convincing that girl. She manages to take a rifle and shoot one of the guys hanging off the airship who used to be... Uh, Garrison. There's a, there's a moment where he's talking to Jean and John's well, gives him uh you know the proper greeting of a higher level officer and he's like, No, I'm just a scout now. We we don't need the garrison anymore, and we definitely don't need the old asses that are running it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this guy gets it. Too bad he yeah. died. And And when he dies! So he dies, falls to the ground, and Gabby quickly realizes that if she grabs onto his ODM gear, she can zip up to the airship. I'll say one thing about it. This kid's pretty quick on the uptake. At least in that regard. But Falco tries to stop her, and both of them end up Zipping up to the uh, airship, where Gabby rushes in, rifle in hand, and shoots Potato Girl.
0: That bitch, mm. man,
1: <laughs> dude, I swear, man, I wanted to
0: <sighs> at that moment, man, I wanted to slit that little girl's throat.
1: And I didn't mention this before, but there was a moment earlier when. Sasha was really pulling off some impressive shots, uh, took down most of Peaks' cart crew, and had a chance to shoot Gabby and didn't because she's just a kid. Maybe you should have took the shot. Can I say that it's awkward that Gabby ends up killing somebody who looks a lot like her? yeah <laughs> or the other way around really
2: <laughs> yeah like oh, yeah, they do kind of look like I never thought about that <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's kind of messed up right so before she can manage to get another shot off Falco tackles her she fires again, but it misses uh they get dog piled on the soldiers start attacking them and John's like, no, don't throw a kid out of the airship. That's that doesn't help anything. Don't don't do that. They really should have though. Eh, I don't know. I mean, Falco dude. sure doesn't deserve it.
0: <laughs> no, nah, Falco doesn't, but Gabby, dude,
1: <laughs> just throw her out into the water. She'll be fine. <laughs> She's reserved. Gabby
3: deserved every one of them punches, but so Falco didn't, but Gabby did.
1: Yeah, poor Falco getting all those punches. The things you do for love, Falco. The things you do for love. Dude, that yeah. is a
0: toxic love.
1: Yeah. It is very toxic and one sided.
3: So Exactly.
0: <laughs> that girl is in love with being a warrior. That's
3: it.
1: Yeah. That is all. So Gabby very indignant being like, yeah, you're all devils. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I wanna find out. Who told you to do this? And Jones like, oh yeah, well I guess I could take you to meet him. They open up the door, and who's on the other side of the door? But Zeke. Zeke was the one who planned this all along.
0: It was me, Zeke.
1: This is uh, this is certainly something that. Yeah, it was me and my. Sur- surprised, Gabby, to say the least. <laughs> that uh, Zeke would betray everyone else in their company. But, I mean, I think us as the odds feel like, yeah, that seems like something Zeke would do. <laughs> 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 yeah, probably. And a bit earlier, they got Aaron onto the ship, and we had a nice reunion between... Aaron and Levi's foot. <laughs> you know, Aaron, yeah. yeah. His face is just so kickable.
2: The best OTP. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> well, now, I don't know about that because the sexual tension between Zeke and and uh, Levi's uh, pretty thick.
3: <laughs> you can literally see <laughs>
1: And Levi talking about how <laughs> I like to save the best bite for last.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: that, that was hot, that was real right. Yeah, that
0: was. <laughs> we that need was to run it, right. run it, yeah, run that back one more time. <laughs> I'm just saying,
1: and uh, of course, initially, Mikasa's like, No, uh, Levi, don't kick Aaron. But Armin's like, you know what? He deserves it. Just far just, just. more for good measure. <laughs> yeah. Mikasa, don't don't try to stop him. <laughs> but despite the casualties, the Jaeger brothers ended up accomplishing essentially what they wanted to. And that was getting the founding Titan together with one Titan of Royal Blood, which would allow them to do the rumbling. That was the goal. But now nobody trusts Aaron because he went off and did this on his own. And, uh, yeah, essentially put himself in the position to have to be rescued again. And it cost them six or so people. I want to say maybe eight people total, including dear sweet Sasha. And when... Connie opens up the door to say that Sasha has passed. Aaron asks him what were her final words? And Connie says she asked for meat and Aaron can't help but laugh. I've seen a lot of people say that, I mean, this this shows Aaron as being truly evil. But I think laughing is how he grieves i'm pretty sure he laughed a little when heinz died and some other people but on the other hand i'm sure he can't think of a more fitting final words for his dear friend sasha she just she wanted meat she wanted me. Yeah, and if yeah. you're sad about Sasha passing, I'm sorry, but they're going to flash back to her being alive several times.
0: <laughs> Just to put salt in that wound, people.
1: And they're going to find other ways to twist the knife, too. Exactly. exactly. They're
0: going to do things like Derell <laughs> do. I'm exactly. going to make you miserable the whole time. Yeah. So, listeners, man, don't act like y'all don't know me. Y'all know I love to revel in people's misery. <laughs>
2: <sighs> oh,
0: They're going to
3: keep reminding you of the pain. Exactly. It's like, remember
0: the time that Sasha got shot? I got shot. No, I got shot for real.
1: So, we yeah. remember that flock guy <laughs> in the previous season who was all pissed off that they let Armin become the colossal titan instead of Erwin and he like straight out called out uh, Aaron and Mikasa and Armin for their, <laughs> you know, uh, so like, this Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, he was big
3: mad about that. He was yeah. real big mad about that.
1: Well, now he's part of the Aaron Jaeger fan club.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you gotta look at it like this. <laughs> okay. Erwin was not supposed to be the Colossal Titan anyway. Erwin literally led his whole friggin' um, platoon or, well, we're gonna just say a whole company at this point, into uh, basically a kamikaze run. They knew they were gonna die. I mean, this is basically staring death down to the end saying, hey, I know I'm about to die, but we gotta buy our comrades some time. Everybody knew he was gonna pretty much die. I think only one dude survived out of that. You know, Milo died, but you know, that sucked. You know, he had a death flag on him anyway. But um, the whole thing is, like, if they would have made Erwin the Colossal Titan, then it would have been spitting in the face of every soldier that followed him into their deaths. And it was meant for Armin to become the Colossal Time, because Armin literally is the brains of this whole outfit right now, anyway. Because Armin... Is literally becoming the devil just like Erwin was, so that he can save everybody on Paradise Island or Parody Island, how the hell do you say it? But that's the whole thing, though. It was a changing of the
1: guard. Yeah, I always thought it was Paradise, but it's apparently Parody.
0: Yeah, parody, Paradise, Paradise, Paradiddle.
1: Paradise. <laughs>
0: But the simple fact is, though, it was meant for Armin to take this over because the thing is, people always complained about how much he cried and how much he was a fuckboy. But the thing is, Armin had the same mindset as Erwin, literally, but more brilliant. I mean, he came up with strategies and tactics that actually helped them in battles and basically saved their asses on a numerous amount of times. Mm -hmm. So Armin wasn't ever useless. He just cried a lot. Basically, he was a fucking Deku of the fucking goddamn Scout
2: Corps.
0: (laughs) He got some plus ultra in his ass now, so, you know, he's doing things. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Hanjay mentioned that at least part of this attack was uh, orchestrated by Armin. See what I mean? Even though, you know, the plan was clearly instigated by Zeke and Aaron. They yep, said but... they, they, they set up the scenario, but they left it to Armin to
0: make they it actually, work. They left the heavy lifting to Armin, man. Trust me. Aaron is basically fucking Levi Jr. Mm-hmm. That's it. Armin is the fucking brains, him and Hanji. And then you got the damn muscle. That's how it works. It's just like with this podcast. The rails the muscle, but he actually has a brain sometimes. <laughs> Mainly when
1: he's drinking. <laughs> so back in Marley, um, Peek tells McGath that she recognized that soldier who tricked her and Porco. And was sure that it was a soldier named Yelena who was a member of the first naval scout fleet sent to Parody three years prior. And she pointed out that they are a... Uh, Notable follower of Zeke Yeager. and we've barely seen him so far. But uh, one of the people on the airship, I believe he's actually piloting it, is uh, On Yankapon, who will thankfully get a lot more screen time in the coming episodes. So, one time
0: for the brothers. <laughs> Black people actually actually did survive, people. Yes, in a tight environment, we survive. Yes, I have no filter for that, man. Mm. But then also, because these folks had never seen a black person, it was a good reference. It was a reference, though. It was a historical reference because I said to Yumiko that this was the reference on um, when um, Oda Nobunaga met, actually met um, Yasuke. And they couldn't believe that he was actually black. So he had his attendance to actually watch yasuke down to see if he was just basically painted black they were fascinated by that that's the that's what that
2: reference was when Mm -hmm. people saw Mm -hmm. him
1: uh yep so you're telling me that that name yasuke in the uh uh cosmo samurai was probably an homage to that yasuke it's a
0: possibility Girlson
3: mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm just letting y'all know a little bit, so man, because see the Jap there's a Japanese proverb that says in order to be a samurai, you have to have black blood, a little bit of black blood. What they mean is 25%. If that's the case, then I'm full. Because mm-hmm. I got 100 <laughs> percent Because this man came from the kingdom of Congo. That's why he found Yasuke. But you know, here nor there.
1: So because Peak recognized Yelena, they at least have an idea of uh, who they're dealing with. And they're certainly not going to take it lying down. But, uh, also, they they ask Zeke, you know, did things go as you planned? It's like, well, there were a few miscalculations. <laughs> and then Panje turns to the kids, like, who are these kids? And he says, miscalculations. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That, that's like. <laughs> that's oh, that, yeah. that's, that, that's like having kids out of wedlock. Let's not joke. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Planning one on one with seek
1: What are these miscalculations?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it's a little engine I could. I
1: think I can. hmm so at this point they have the founding titan they have a titan with royal blood they have a lot of blood on their hands and they have the rest of the world thinking that uh, they should probably do something about parody and all of the higher ups of parody can no longer trust Eren to (laughs) do anything really and Eren seems okay with that a fine place to leave off we're only halfway there (laughs) they gotta do a lot in those last eight episodes
2: yeah I have a feeling like even though this is called the final season they probably aren't gonna adapt everything in this season (laughs) cause like the episode titles for the final few episodes have even come out and based on that like There's still like a good like 20 chapters after that.
1: Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Coming in 2022, Attack on Titan, the final final season.
2: They're just going to pull a Gintama.
1: Yeah. Putting final on the seasons. (laughs) Maybe.
2: The final season for real
1: this time.
3: Mm-hmm. Like, like,
0: like, we just playing, fuck it, we gonna do this all the while. I don't see for real,
1: this time.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> or um, attack on time, the final vaults, or endless vaults.
1: Any additional thoughts from anybody?
0: No, I think we covered it all, man. Because you know it's a lot more shit that's gonna be processed um along the way. It's about to be a hell of a fucking ride.
1: Well, I didn't really touch on uh, the whole deal with yeah. with uh, the Jaw Titan. <clears throat> First of all, uh, the original Jaw Titan, Marcel, who gets eaten by Ymir. You know, at the end of the prior arc, they took Ymir back to uh, Marley. Apparently, she just basically gets killed off-screen. That's nice. Nice. She supposedly willingly gives up the Jaw Titan to Marcel's younger brother, Porco Galliard. And Yeah. I I'd kinda like to know more about how that went down, but we don't really get it.
3: At least she was able to write her little her little love letter to uh, Historia before she got
1: in. Yeah. This just seems like an unfortunate case of uh, bury your gaze off screen.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't like how that works, man. Mm.
1: And Ymir was like one of the most interesting characters in this whole show.
0: Yeah, so yeah. That's, yeah. that's hell of a while. Yeah, I know. It's just a pain in the fucking ass, man. I mean, because for a little while, man, like y'all said, it started off as a slow burn, man, and it was kind of losing me a little bit. But, you know, I was like, endure it, and it's it's starting to pay off because I was like, I ain't gonna, I was getting a little confused. Thanks to Yumiko's goddamn articles it actually made more sense. So thank you, homie.
1: Yeah, if you want to go deep diving, Yumiko's done excellent job on the eight episodes thus far, giving full recaps every week
0: i know man it was kind of like me doing that iron blooded orphan shit wasn't it <laughs>
1: yeah but she
3: is uh, yeah. better. yeah than <laughs> that's all i can say i go deep
0: <laughs> i mean man like yo deep diving was just like i'm like damn okay i'm gonna peel god rubbing the dang goatee at this point it's like yeah okay but yeah good job homie you yeah you know, i mean you're you're right flex yeah, that's that's the Jose Sanders right there.
3: Some things I just started picking up on, so <laughs> that ain't you
0: exactly. So, you know, for folks who say, uh, us folks in Alabama can't read and write and do all this kind of beef <laughs> I stuff, it.
2: We,
0: we be stereotypes around here, man. Because if you ain't from my hood, you can get from around her. You know, I hope you ain't the best one, you Miko. Oh, seriously, yeah. you know what. Mm-hmm. The war? As a matter of fact, the mm-hmm. attack on Titan, man. You can literally dump a Titan off <laughs> his attack and the like would still be standing. Like, the people in investment would take down a Titan. <laughs> if anybody mm-hmm. from Alabama listens to this podcast and y'all from Birmingham, y'all know that joke. It's an inside joke among us folks in Birmingham. <laughs> Lord, let me stop.
1: You know, in that first episode, there. <laughs> And they, they did the scene where the Titans are uh, raining from the sky. And they have, uh, it's like, it's such a dramatic moment. And the music's so banger when uh, Z oh, yeah, transforms yeah. all the Titans and Reiner transforms. And they're falling from the airship. I was like, you know, this would make a good promo. <laughs> what did Toonami do? They made it a promo. <laughs> good job, Toonami good job that that scene that's scene Yeah, you know, up to that point i was like well this is kind of interesting we got these new characters all right, all right things are things it's nice to see things from another perspective and then that happened i was like oh oh yeah
2: here comes the massacre
1: <laughs> here it comes and there has been some discourse about the quality of the animation that Mappa has been doing and uh y'all stupid it looks great i don't i don't understand why people are so up in arms on it because honestly a lot of the cgi moments in the prior seasons that wit did didn't look fantastic in my opinion particularly stuff involving the colossal titan like when it half formed on top of the wall when they reveal that uh berthold was the colossal titan It's like oh this does not look right
2: yeah i feel like one of wit's weak points in terms of character animation is definitely cg while mappa uses a lot of cg in their shows so while i can see like some people being annoyed that now all the titans are cg it looks fine
1: yeah it blends well
2: yeah and i feel like given the timeline this had to be produced on It could have looked a lot
1: worse. Oh, for sure. Like, the action's very dynamic. I don't... Yeah, it would look nicer if it was all 2D, but let's be realistic, folks. (laughs) Because when Wit used CGI... (laughs) Look, there's a reason why we joke about the CGI horses.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, those horses.
1: (laughs) Now they're showing up Mm -hmm. in other anime. (laughs) Oh, man but overall i think though it takes a little while to get used to the slight changes in the character designs in particular and some of them are like oh i don't even recognize that character anymore like um hasn't aired on toonami yet but when they show uh what's her name from the military police are to- you talking
3: about hitch
1: yeah hitch when i saw hitch i was like oh that doesn't look anything like I remember Hitch looking. <laughs> like her hair is totally different. Yeah, when I saw Hitch, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look bad, but it sure looks different. <laughs> and they all look a bit older for sure, but they, yeah. you know, they're you supposed to be older. But like Reiner looks so old. <laughs> he looks really old. Even though he's probably not even in his 20s. I, I've enjoyed it so far. It's sad at slow points, but we've gotten a lot of good lore, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting character stuff, and some pretty amazing fights. So I've been enjoying it. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. I mean, there's surely plenty of things that I didn't mention, but I mean, watch the episodes <laughs> and read Yumiko's. <laughs> Very thorough recaps. There you go. Problem solved.
3: Yes, please. Please read them, please.
1: <laughs> they are well worth your time. Uh,
3: Appreciate
1: it. I think we could probably get on out of here. So i will do the house cleaning.
3: Come on, scullery
0: maid.
1: <laughs> it's been a well while since I've heard that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I could have called it a handmaid, but that's no tail.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I ain't making babies. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we just going to make some bacon pancakes.
1: Make a bacon pancakes, make a bacon pancakes. Put them in some bacon.
2: Bacon pancakes! Pancakes!
1: You can email us at podcast at com. <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook.com backslash tsunami faithful podcast and on Twitter at Toonami Podcast. You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including iTunes, Google Music, and Spotify. You can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at SoundCloud.com backslash tsunami faithful podcast. You can get the latest news by following at tsunami news on Twitter and read the news, views, and reviews on ToonamiFaithful.com. You can also help us out by subscribing to the Toonami Faithful Pass at patreon.com backslash Toonami Faithful. Currently, uh, CJ has been adding the full interviews for his recent documentary. So if you enjoyed those interviews and wanted to see the entire interviews and not just a lot of them, and there's quite a bit of footage that had to be cut, you you definitely want to check those out. So that's... uh. Actually, a pretty cool thing that we're offering on the Tsunami Faithful Pass right now. So, might be worth your while. So, Yumiko, where can the people find you?
3: They can find me on Twitter um, at Blue underscore Temptation.
1: Alright. V-Lord, where can they find you?
2: Uh, people can mainly find me on Twitter at VLORDGTZ. And then, of course, I occasionally write editorials for Tanami Faithful. And then I also do occasional manga reviews for all com. And then I also do a bunch of podcasts. Uh, the Dumb Weaves podcast, Oversoul Shaman King podcast, the Demon Slayer podcast on Twitter at Slayer podcast. And also my newest podcast actually dropped today. Saturday Night Shogi, which is all about different Shogakukan published manga. And I'm doing that with our fellow writers Marion and Sakaki, so I definitely suggest giving that a listen. And that's on Twitter at Sat Night
1: Shoggy. Another podcast, you, Lord.
2: Yes. Clearly I just want to make myself way too busy. But luckily I'm not doing the editing for this one. So that will save some time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mr. Durrell, where can they find you?
0: In the bottle of bottle whiskey. I mean, oh, seriously, you can find me at ukami underscore samurai7 at twitter.com.
3: <laughs> or
0: you can follow me at uh my fraternities on Twitter, which is Nasia underscore
1: Alright. You can find me on Twitter at sketch1984. And you can find Sir not appearing on this podcast from Mister Paul Pasquillo at Paul. Lost Paul.
0: <laughs> Nobody likes that fucking piece of shit.
2: Gross Paul.
1: <laughs>
0: like, is he anybody special?
1: He he, uh, you yeah, know, he would have loved to be here.
0: No, he wouldn't. Because we don't want him here. This is the No Paul Club. No Paulie snacks for you, Paul. You know I'm gonna troll you to death, Paul. I hate you. That's so harsh. <laughs> well, he knows what's going on this is, look here, that's like a love that's like a love song to Paul Uh,
1: (laughs) we will definitely be discussing this season of Attack on Titan again at least after the remaining episodes air maybe one more time before that, we'll see We'll, uh, we'll address that when we come to it. And uh, yeah. Thanks for listening to this podcast and listening each and every week you tune in. And with that, we're punching out.
3: Doses! Bye bye. <gasps>